Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! He is just an obsessive goal scorer. But you have to understand I chose to, to stay in my country because I'm French. And... I've got a problem with soccer, to be fair. Football. What I can guarantee to you is that they want to keep everything secret. And we're live! Welcome back to the chat, please. Use your friends, drop in your comments and questions in that chat and make sure you hammer! Bum, bum, bum. Hammer the like and subscribe button as we get stuck into the round of 16. Yes, that's right. The second leg games in the UEFA Champions League. And as the champions tonight is, of course, myself, you enjoy. Alongside Michael Hood. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. Liverpool lost. I'm happy. Ah, nice. What about NRC? He looks like he's about to get after you here. How are you doing, Nigel? <laughs> I'm good, thank you, Ian, mate. I think Michael just needs to leave this whole Man United thing alone. Just let it be. Just analyse football, be in neutral and let it be, okay? let Leave it. I'm pretty well, neutral most of the time. Are you f***? Let's... <laughs> Well, there's the great start to the show. Uh, for all the children out there, we I thank apologize. you for liking and subscribing to House of Champions. Nigel, this is great. This is the platform for you, right? If we're going to have a platform <laughs> with Nigel Rio Coker unedited, this is the place to be. Now, welcome along, everybody. I appreciate you all for joining us today. We obviously want to get straight into the UEFA Champions League. Shout out to Amy as well, who's already d- joined in the chat. I want to hear from you. What did you think about the games today in Naples? What happened before the game in Naples? Unsavory scenes. We'll discuss that a little bit in just a minute then we obviously had Liverpool oh, lackluster performance once again and that's where I want to begin Michael Hood because Real Madrid getting the victory over Liverpool Kareem Benzema scoring 79 minutes into the game once again he's been on vacation Kareem the dream <laughs> he's now come back from vacation and in the celebration decided to think well maybe I'll take another few weeks off after this one and look like he was injured but at the end of the day it was it was a lackluster game I thought we were going to get a lot more explosivity Madrid did the business in the first leg and they had moments. Vinicius Jr., this guy, Benzema will get the headlines because he scored another goal. But Vinny Jr., when he sees Liverpool on the schedule, he already know he's going to have the game of his life. Trent, he ran him in circles again. Vinny Jr. looked just a class above, a touch above, and Real Madrid looked a touch above Liverpool on the day. Liverpool, though, they had two golden chances. Darwin Nunez, he had one early on in the game. Him and Mo Salah using their speed to get behind Madrid to cause them a couple scary moments. Nunez had another shot that Thibaut Courtois, he did well to kind of 
make that parrying save to his left-hand side, all six foot seven of them, to keep the shutout. Credit to both keepers, though, on this one. Much better display from Allison, who had that point-blank save against Vinny Jr. Both keepers looked a heck of a lot better than they did in the first leg. You know, guys, listen, Nigel, before you jump in here, because I know you're very, very eager, we have a late one to the party. His name is Jonathan Johnson. Should we hey. golf clap him in here? There he is. Welcome to the party, Jonathan <laughs> Johnson. He's Wait, back. Where's he been? He's just come out of the dungeon or something. He's <laughs> a bit rough. He's let that hair go. I think that's hey. what it is. He's let that hair grow a little bit. Where's the whips and chains? Flipping hell. I'd love to say that I've missed you guys, but I really haven't. <laughs> anyway, as we go, Ian, what a game. <laughs> Welcome, JJ. But what a game. Um, right, good for to me, be back. I think watching Real Madrid for me, it's just, it's so beautiful for people to really watch the football that they play. We always talk about football intelligence, top class players. That is what Real Madrid is. It's not a team that I feel personally is over-tactical, over-trying um, to be smart and you need to be reinvent the wheel of football. It's very basic, but the players have such a tremendous football in IQ and that is why they are so successful. Because if you watch the passing and the movement, when they get in wide areas, every pass has a purpose. It's not percentage football. It's quality football with quality runs and movement and intricates level of it. To Michael Lahoud, put some respect on Kamavinga's name. Because that kid there was absolutely sensational today. And we discussed it on the pod a couple of weeks ago when people asked. I said you could play Kamavinga, a young one, with two experienced players. They control the midfield. That Kamavinga was there to stop Fabinho from playing again. Because Fabinho has just found form for Liverpool. And the genius of Ancelotti, putting Kamavinga in there, going Fabinho, stopping playing, made him uncomfortable. Liverpool couldn't control that midfield. And you've got Cruz and Modric playing high up the pitch which is what you want from senior players with that no. type of quality closer to the goal to make things happen. It was just very easy. Real Madrid set off at times. And when they sat off, it wasn't so much worrying about man for man. It was, let's get the distances and spaces right. Let's block these spaces, stop these passing lanes. And that's it. When the, when the danger's closer to our goal, the nearest man goes and closes the ball. It's just such high intelligence IQ football from Real Madrid. Yeah. And I'll give Alisson the golf clap because... He showed today in some of the saves he made why he is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Not just the Vinicius Jr. one, but that strike, I believe it was from... First half. Mo Modric, yeah. When he fingertips. Yep. You have to see the yep. replay. From it was, the cam it was the, cam the cam Camavinga one. Modric Camavinga, one just yeah. went off Camavinga the Camavinga yeah. strike, yeah. that's it, yeah. But yeah. I think it was... And then just to overall put a bow on the game, Liverpool had all the emphasis to go and score goals. They mm. didn't have the individual talisman or the superstars to make that happen. Real Madrid were comfortable to sit off them because the emphasis was on Liverpool, and that's why we got that kind of game. But it was a great game of football for anyone who's a true football buff or analyst. Yeah, I think as well, what was really impressive from a Real point of view is the amount of times that they've been caught in games, certainly lately, uh, you know, where they get opened up early on, they concede a goal. They were prepared this time. You know, they were, they knew that Liverpool were going to come flying out of the traps uh, against them. You know, Liverpool did create, uh, you know, some good chances in that first half. Uh, Nigel's completely right. You know, I think Alisson had a great game. Uh, obviously, uh, nothing he could do about Benzema's goal, but, uh, you know, ultimately he did come up with some, uh, some smart saves, but for Real, I feel like they're at their best and we sort of, we felt this for the last couple of years when they're actually sort of faced with some kind of adversity, they're kind of challenged if they're kind of, yeah. if they're too much in their comfort zone or feel like 
you know, the challenge in front of them is maybe a little beneath them for, for want of a better expression. They don't really fancy it. So you see, you see them dropping points in some, uh, you know, unexpected games or even some of their domestic rivalries now up against an Atleti, up against a Barca doesn't quite, you know, set the pulses racing for them as much as games in the Champions League do. These games really bring them to life and particularly sort of the veteran, uh, you know, core of that team, your Modric's, your Benzema's, uh, you know, and I think that's what makes Real such a different beast now when you come up against them in the Champions League to when you come up against them domestically because they're not an all-conquering side domestically, at least not in the last couple of years. But in the Champions League, there are very few teams who can live with them when they really, uh, you know, show the pedigree that they have. Yep. Uh, I think that this sort of result and this tie comes at the perfect tie for them because who do they play at the weekend? A big game on the calendar against a one, El Clasico, FC Barcelona. Last time out, Barcelona, they got the better of them in that first leg. Real Madrid will be coming out for blood in this tie at the weekend against Barcelona. Vinicius Jr., I can't stop singing this guy's praises because you look at the recent stats for him, and Ian, you can back me up on this if I get this wrong. In his last five matches against Liverpool, five goals, two assists. This guy, that is entering the space and phase of becoming a household world-class talent. Nigel, I give you credit. You said it probably a month ago about this kid and his potential, he is now realizing it and he could continue to be one of just the, the greats of this new generation. Yeah, settle down with giving Nigel too much compliments on this show, please. All right, let's get to Amy. She said that Liverpool gave 100% in the first half and none in the second half. Raymond jumping in and saying, I completely agree with Junior's performance today. Fantastic to see. Serge also jumping in and saying, Real Madrid once again. And that's the comment right there that JJ is talking about. When it comes to the Champions League, they just seem to be a different team. I will be honest, I was doubting Real Madrid going into the second leg. I didn't think they would get knocked out. I thought maybe Liverpool would win this game because Real Madrid over the last three games have been, maybe not the Espanol game, but before that, they've just been miserable to watch. Just been not really interested in the game. Unpredictable in midfield. Nonsense up top. Karim Benzema was on vacation. Like, it's just been a bit messy for Real Madrid. It really was. And I haven't enjoyed watching them. But when it comes to the Champions League, and JJ, you're absolutely right. When it comes to the Champions League, they switch a button. And it's not just the experienced boys, like you mentioned. It's also these youngsters that Nigel's been talking about. Learning off these experienced players, right? You've got the kids who are stepping in to these big shoes and they're going to fill these shoes at some point, learning from these experienced players. So to see that type of performance and especially to get that result once again against Liverpool, uh, very much a phenomenal golf clap from all of us here at House of Champions. Nigel, real quickly on uh, Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, another... Another disappointing result here for Liverpool. I don't think it's disappointing. I, th I just don't think... The result they... overall? I mean, they lost. No, I mean, for me, I don't think Liverpool can be really too hard done by because Real Madrid are a class above them in the sense of team dynamic from back to front. That's just the reality. There's been so much consistency in how this club is run. This club is an institution. It's not a football club. The way it's been yeah. run and how many years it's been done, it's been done for a reason and a purpose. I think for Liverpool, they did give a decent performance. And then if you look at it, Liverpool had a great chance. I can't remember exactly who it was, who didn't have an attempt on goal. You can see Jurgen Klopp going mad on the sideline. Harvey. Then, it was Harvey when he came Harvey, off. Yeah, he passed it to Robertson. Yes, who should have had a shot on goal. Sure. That's the fine margins. From there, Real Madrid go to the opposite end and score a goal. So yeah. I think if you're realistic with the season that Liverpool have had so far this season, 
that would have been a tremendous achievement to beat this Real Madrid side. I've always said it, just like JJ, when it comes to Champions League, Real Madrid are a different, different animal. I said by Bayern Munich, a team that you don't like as well, Ian. When it comes to Champions League, they're a different animal. Both these teams are not flattering domestically. They don't care. Their goal for these two clubs is dominating European UEFA Champions League. That is their yeah. goal. When you walk in those clubs, they let you know that is the number one priority. Yeah, yeah. JJ, well, before that- we... Before we let you go, I want to talk about Kareem Benzema. Go ahead, add to that, and then I want to talk about Benzema. Well, yeah, just on the, on that point, I think as well, Liverpool are in that band of clubs normally where the team will switch itself on for these big European nights. Now, I'm not saying that they didn't do it here because, you know, they did create some chances. And I think, you know, had they scored in the first half, you know, perhaps yeah. maybe yeah. not the comeback, but certainly winning on the night, uh, you know, is definitely on the cards. But, you know, I think the fact that, you know, Liverpool fell short here, you know, again, hints at the, you know, the the task at hand now for Liverpool, for Klopp and the decisions that have to be made. Because you look at that midfield, I mean, you know, it says a lot when, you know, Klopp would rather go with Milner, who's like pushing 40 now instead of, you know, using somebody like a Nabi Keita, uh, you know, yeah. when midfielder options are, are very, very short in supply. Uh, you know, and I think that says it all about oh. sort of this lack of squad depth and the changes that need to be made in the uh, in in the coming months, but uh, no, it's I mean on Benzema before uh, I let Nigel, uh, you know, he's, he's a man for the, he's a man for the big occasion. Uh, you know, you said that he's sort of been loafing around and you know was on vacation in the some of the games that you've seen. I think now that, you know, Benzema is at that point where he can pick and choose the games that he plays. You know, he has turned himself into this sort of athletic, you know, shrine of a player compared to who he was sort of coming out of his 20s and into his 30s. And that's given him this longevity that nobody really expected him to have uh, at the highest level. Obviously, he's the Ballon d'Or holder now. But, uh, you know, I think, you know, when there are big games for Real between now and the end of the season, so certainly the the Champions League quarterfinals when they're coming up, those are the kind of games where Benzema will look to deliver. You're probably going to see more of him in holiday mode in the, you know, the domestic games (laughs) because they don't quite capture his imagination in the same way that these Champions League games do. But I'll I'll let let Nigel in now that I know he's been well said to jump in. No, I was just going to come with you quickly, JJ, uh, to counterattack that. The reason why you don't see um, Keita playing is he's not as disciplined as Milner. As much as you're going to Real Madrid, you're trying to chase the game, you need discipline. Because if you don't have discipline with how Real Madrid play today, you could find yourself at the end of another five or six nil drumming away from home, which will raise more questions. I think it was the discipline aspect of why Milner started ahead of Keita because every time I've seen him play, tremendous talent but he hasn't got the footballing discipline in the sense of knowing how to dominate a game from midfield yet. You need to put someone else alongside mm. him and it just wasn't the right occasion. But given yeah, that uh, given that Jota really didn't deliver that much on the pitch at all, would you have not started Keita and Milner? Uh, you know, had what we could consider actually a proper midfield. But then I, again, I th- with Keita and how he plays, you leave Milner exposed and you look at the three that he was going up against. Modric is super intelligent, Kroos and Kamavinga they would expose them real quickly. That's what it is. It's about discipline. And like I said, as much as Liverpool are trying to win the game, the emphasis uh, was all on them. They still had to be disciplined because you could see they were worried about going 1-0 down, 2-0 down and 3-0 down. This could be the same as Anfield, end up 4 or 5 nil. Yeah, but a little yeah. caveat to that. Look at Diego Jata's fitness levels. 
He's not fit. He's only been coming back a couple of games. This is why I probably would have gone Nabi Keita and bring Jata off the bench. You know you're going to get only a handful of minutes from Jata. I think Klopp got it wrong. Putting him in that center forward position, that takes Liverpool out of the rhythm. Cody Gakpo playing as the attacking midfielder. We haven't seen Gakpo play in that position throughout the season. We've seen him play in that center forward with Salah and Darwin Nunez flanking him. Yeah, but Mike, don't you think that he did that because he knew he needed to try and get that early goal in the game? Yeah, and also I still I still stick with the 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 limited minutes sort of thing. When I looked at Diego Jota, he had a couple flurries. He had I think one chance where he put Mohamed Salah in where they could have gotten it. But if you don't get that early goal, then you know you're still going to have to sub him out. Mm-hmm. If you're but- if you're what if you're nil nil going into half, then you can make that sort of decision. But I, I probably would have gone Nagby Keita given the legs and maybe dominate midfield a bit more. You still know like- Real Madrid are going to have the class. Yes, Nigel. You know that Jurgen Klopp is a is a, a football science type of guy. If Jota wasn't fit enough to play, Jurgen Klopp wouldn't have played him. So there's a reason behind it. That's the, Ian knows as well. Ian knows Jurgen Klopp from his time in journey in Germany. Jurgen Klopp is very close with sports science and he's very sports science centric. If Jota wasn't fit, which we, he would probably have seen, I'm not saying he, I'm training, not saying he wasn't he fit. Well, I'm not saying he wasn't wise. fit. To play, I'm just saying that there's a limitation on the number of minutes you're going to get out of him because he's still coming back from the long-term injury. So I would have probably gotten him as a super sub, but that's all uh, real, hindsight. Real quick, like, I'm going to jump in here because I know you guys are getting after each other, but we got someone in the chat we got to get after as well. Uh, here's a couple of comments here. Vinny Jr. owns Liverpool, says Bernardo. Quite like that one there. Liverpool. That was pretty cool. And then here is RM Zidane. He's saying Rodrigo is way better than Vinny Jr. Get it right, Michael. You are wrong almost all of the time. Wait, he goes oh. on. Camavinga, <laughs> what a beast. Benz was his typical number 10 and number nine combined. He's the most intelligent footballer in the world, along with Messi in terms of footballing IQ. No one comes close. And again, he goes on to say, Rodrigo is a beast. Vinny Jr. is a one-trick pony. Michael, do you care to respond? Is this Uh, Nigel's burner account? Well, I will keep it simple. (laughs) This is definitely Nigel's cousin or nephew or someone from London making these comments. (laughs) I don't agree with that one bit. I think Rodrigo, he's an exceptional player in terms of what he's been able to do. Last season, one of their Champions League heroes. But if you watch the game, you would have replaced everything you said about Vinny Jr. Just, I don't agree with that statement. We need to go to break. You can't take it to heart. (laughs) I'm he not taking right. it to he heart. That's right. what I said. A bit of what he said might be right. I'll give him 50% of what he said might be right because sometimes you do talk a lot. Uh-uh. But <laughs> when, when you don't say that Modric is an intelligent uh, footballer when it comes to football in IQ and you don't put Modric in there, then I have to question, uh, yeah, you might not know what you're talking about in that one. I think what he's also he's doing is he's paying too much attention to Vinicius Jr.'s pace. What he's failing to realize is he's not paying attention to the runs that Vinicius Jr. makes from inside out and how he manipulates the ball because it's easy to be quick. We played with a lot of footballers that were quick, but did they have good close control? Did they know how to use their speed to their advantage? Did they know how to score goals? No. There's a difference between being quick and being quick like Vinicius Jr. and Mbappe. That is an absolute skill. So watch it a bit more and you'll understand. 
I like to hear that one right there. And also like Michael's friendly return and response. I can imagine. Keep the comments that. coming in though. And an angry <laughs> side to Michael Hood at some point. Ah, keep it he said, Ian, let's go to break real quickly. Uh, before we go to break, we got to say goodbye to JJ. JJ, thank you as always for joining us. We appreciate it. I know it's late out there. Um, thank you as always. We'll yeah. see you, of course, for the draw on Friday, my friend. Enjoy looking your days until looking then. Looking forward to it, guys. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be discussing Napoli against Frankfurt. Stay with us. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, there you have it. Galato Network starting April 11th. Make sure you tune in. Let's get into it. House of Champions. We are going through the round of 16 second legs. And before we do so, RM Zidane has jumped in with another comment. And he says, uh, Michael, I am from San Francisco, but I like you, Michael. And I like you, Nigel. So... Ain't no here or there from RM Zidane. We nah, appreciate he's you. Good. He's good fun. <laughs> yes. this, this is the That's beauty of it. all. The platform we have right here, this is your show. If you want to comment yeah. and if you make something funny or if you have a really interesting comment, intelligent comment, we'll try to get the best out there. And just because we don't get to all of them, it doesn't mean a thing. Say that we are we don't think you're intelligent in any way and or respectfully like done as well, Ian. Keep it clean. Keep it respectful. Uh, Speaking of respect, we got to turn our attention to the second leg round of 16 in Naples. It was Napoli against Eintracht Frankfurt. Victor Osimhen once again had a day, a couple of goals from him. Um, He's on fire right now. And uh, Zelensky wrapped things up there with a penalty kick. He's also one who's enjoying himself in the Champions League this season. Frankfurt not out of the races. They had their opportunities in the first half, didn't take them. And just ahead of halftime, by the way, Nigel. This was a header from Osimhen. How on earth he got up there? How on earth he bent his neck that far back to make the header right. and then redirect it back across the keeper? What a goal. What a goal. That was uh, Osimhen air, Jordan, whatever you want to call it. The hang time in the air to turn and then to redirect the header. It's just phenomenal. This is why he's one of the best strikers in the league. And I'm not going to lie. Out of the world, vision, Ian, yeah. Yeah. just to make you happy. As much as I would love to see Osman go to the Premier League, I think for Osman now, for all your connections, if they're listening, Bayern Munich, if you want that striker, that striker you've been wanting with the team that you've got, Osman is the guy you have to go for. He's too I expensive, Nigel. Osman. Well, <laughs> too expensive. Hey, if they can make it happen, they've got to make There's it a happen. Club. There's a club that a can make it happen, Nigel. What's the club? Man United. There's a club that can make it happen, Nigel. Okay, but I don't want him to listen. I don't want him to be up there and then go to Man United and come up down like that again. So no, let yeah, him just you've already got that. <laughs> go to Bayern Munich, play Champions League football. No, honestly, but take nothing from it because I was watching both games at the same time. I was watching. Um, I had uh, your Best Buy guys come and hook me up, Ian, on the laptop <laughs> on the TV. What a game! 
Oh, what a game. Like Napoli for me, like you, I can't not have, any, I can't just have anything but joy watching Napoli. It takes me yeah. back to playing as oh, a kid. Like that. it's just playground oh, football. Wow. Just look at the height. Just the redirecting of that. Do you know how much of a hard skill that is? Napoli yeah. for me is sensational. They're one team that I don't care who you are, would not want to face this Napoli side. They're the one team that all these top clubs we talk about would not want to face. Uh, before you jump in, Michael, I've got to yeah, say yeah. this comment from Ed is exactly what I was saying here. Bayern Munich will simply not play, pay 100 plus million for Ooh. anyone. And that is a true statement right there. What a great comment. They won't, they won't be able to afford him. They can't yeah. afford him, but they won't pay the money. It's not in their philosophy. It's not in their idea. They don't buy into the 150 million. At some point, listen, they're going to have to, right? Because they're going to be getting left behind by all of these transfer fees continuing to rise. So they're going to have to spend. But let's get back to Napoli, Mike. Uh, overall, your thoughts on the game? Yeah, just quick on that. I know a club, as I was saying, that'll spend north of 100 million, maybe 150 if Victor Osman wants to come. Um, yes, them too. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I forgot about them. No, I, we're going to talk about Osman. We're going to talk about Cavada, who had three or four golden chances, should have scored. I think he let yeah. himself down on some of the finishing, but didn't need to be at his best because Victor Osman, the mask marauder, was there to just put a polish on this tie for Napoli. Shout out to that right-hand side for Napoli. I said it in the preview. The first leg, it was almost a carbon copy of how they were effective getting it down the right-hand side. Politano, you, Victor, Victor Osiman getting the power on the header, but it was Politano who wrong-footed his defender thinking he was going to go left, floats the ball with his right, and then Di Lorenzo, man. This guy is becoming one of the most underappreciated, underrated right-backs in the world with how he's playing and he's getting better as a Serie A season goes and he's been class in this tie. Cannot wait to see who Napoli draws because they will be the most feared team. We said Benfica could be that team. Napoli is the most feared team to play in Europe right now. Slight concern about the injury. Nigel, at all to also men you think it'd be okay? It looked like it was just someone standing on his hand though. If it's a hand, it can be dealt with. If it was a, a thigh, a groin, or anything else like that, one of those major muscles, then it's a problem. But if a hand, they can do a cast or they can do some kind of plastic cast around it. He's got the face mask. Now he's got the hand cast. All yeah. he needs is another shin guard cast or something. It could be a superhero. Super awesome, man. They might just make a, they should just make a comic out of him. Super awesome, man. Nigel, we got a hate message for you. This one comes in from your good friend Vic. He says, don't overhype Napoli. No chance. They're combative. They're quick. They're aggressive. I get it, but they're not special. Let's see their next opponent. I wonder how Vic would feel uh, if Vic. Napoli got up against Chelsea. Vic, you know exactly that's what's going to happen. Be fearful of Napoli. I'll tell you this now, because they're a good structured team with individual brilliance, and they've got one of the best strikers in world football. Having a striker like Osman is what any top team in world football once. And apart from Erling Haaland, Osman is up there with it. There ain't that many out there in world football. There are not that many. We talked about and Benzema also, early, but yeah, no. Nah. Also one of the best centre-backs in the world as well, Nigel, with uh, yeah, Kim, Kim, who played once again another fantastic performance. Uh, a couple of stats here, Mike, on Osman. Victor Osman has now scored 51 goals across all competitions for Napoli in 90 games alone. Osman is the first Napoli player to score in both legs of a European Cup or Champions League knockout stage tie. Um, I mean, listen, they spent a bit of money on him. And of course, he is the guy who's going to be pushing them forward. Um, but again, I go back to it. I'm a little bit concerned about the fact that even though they do have players on the bench, they don't rotate much. They keep playing the same 11. Maybe one player or two players they change. That's not enough. At some point, this team's going to get tired, right? 
Uh, no, <laughs> they're a very no? fit team. They're a very unified team. And if it ain't broke, you don't fix it. I mean, yes, at some point, I, I do think it may be in Syria is where you might see some of those changes happen once they get confirmed as league champions. One thing about Luciano Spalletti, he is not known to be a rotator of players within his teams. Saad at Inter, Saad at Roma, he is Mr. Consistency. I don't expect that to change until they have both hands on the Serie A title. Well, three Italian teams have reached the Champions League quarterfinal in a single season for the first time since 2005-2006. Then it was Milan, Juve and Inter in that case. This is good for Italian football. Nigel, are we underestimating Italian football here? Is there a threat here from an Italian team that they could potentially win at one of those three? Listen, if I'm honest, Inter Milan just about scraped it through. AC Milan pretty much did the same. Napoli, for me, are the real deal. I just think that it's great to see and uh, there's games that people will want to see. But I think for me, out of all these clubs, if they're watching and being honest, Napoli is the team that they'll be scared of. And again, listen, I'm from England, watch the Premier League. I think Manchester City did well to get through. But if I was a team coming up against Manchester City, I wouldn't be fearful of Manchester City because I'm telling you that they can still be beaten. They're not as great as people think. Yeah. They only just scored seven against yeah. uh, third place Leipzig in the Bundesliga. Thanks for you. that you comment. Saying Bayern Munich, don't say anything. And Ed just Wait, made a comment I about just... Osman. Listen, Ed, just for your comment, you forgot George Ware. I'm just saying that to Ed. I just want to go back as we were talking. To, I forgot to mention this yesterday. As we were as we were looking forward to this city Leipzig game, there was someone between the three of us who was hyping up RB Leipzig, who was saying that he really thinks that Leipzig could definitely beat Manchester City. Ian, I don't think that was you. There, no, there's no, someone else at the me. bottom of the screen. Okay. Wait, I'm sorry. Is it so? Is it my I'm, fault that I'm I had really more belief and faith than the players that turn up on the pitch there to go to the Etihad? Like I could I'm have just, probably gone and put in a better shift than them. So it's not my fault if I'm more than them. I'm just, I just really, yeah. I want to touch on that because I, I just, that just can't go overlooked. We've got a break coming just, up, Mike. Yeah. Oh, now we go to no, break. No, 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 no. Let's get to a more serious note before we do go to break because there was some unsavory scenes. I hope everybody out there was obviously watching it. If you've not, please go and and and, and watch right ahead now as our uh, producer Des will put it up for us. Mm-hmm. It was really unfortunate to see this, um, Michael, in Naples. This was around about 600 Eintracht Frankfurt fans turning up without tickets and causing problems. Apparently, they were connecting up with other fan groups around from Serie A and um, causing problems for the police and causing problems for locals. I have heard many rumors, and I think rumors will obviously spread when you see scenes like this, that, um, you know, Napoli fans were trying to invade the space of the Eintracht Frankfurt fans in many ways as well, which is really unfortunate. So Des is saying, producer Des is saying, Atalanta Ultras were the ones that were joining up with them. But this is just, you know, I know Frankfurt fans uh, well in their history. I haven't seen it recently. They went all the way through Europa League and outside of maybe clashing with a few West Ham fans, um, they've actually been well behaved. And this is unsavory. It's unfortunate. Can't help but think that maybe the ticket issue from the the Naples government or governing body or whatever it was that banned the sale of tickets to Frankfurt fans didn't help the situation at all. Yeah, and I'm hearing news about maybe this was part of possible retaliation because of something that may have happened earlier with Napoli fans shooting flares at Frankfurt fans' buses heading towards the city center. But this puts a stain on a Champions League tie like this. The footballing on the field did the talking. It did the talking in the first half, but you hate to see violence of any kind. I know frustrations and passions, they run over. Yes, you can express your passions in terms of your club, in terms of following your club, but I hate seeing things like this. There's no need for something like this. This is hooliganism in football at its best. Nigel? 
Yeah, I think Mike said it all. I think for me, all of this generally started with the the the, the ban on sales tickets. I think that is what spurred it on and encouraged it more so. You know, I think yeah. that there should be you. enough resources through UEFA and FIFA where if they know it's going to be trouble, then they can put extra police or pay or help for extra police to be present and make sure yep. the fans are separated and they can do it. We've seen it happen in World Cups when they do it. UEFA have enough money and resources to make that happen. But I think once they put it out there about banning the fans, that's what mm. spurred the idiots out there. And I don't know, mm. obviously, for you guys, for me, I just find it mind-boggling how some of these guys get into the whole football hooliganism culture. I've met some guys. They're not just from low-income housing or whatever. These guys are working class. Some of them are lawyers, accountants, and yep. work in the city. Mm. And they do it like it's fun. They do it like it's yeah, a like hobby. Trouble, yeah. I just don't get it. I don't get how their brain programs like that. Because I've sat with some of these hooligans and spoken to them, and they love it. And they have high-profile jobs. And I just still just don't understand and get it. Go watch the football yep. and enjoy the football. I don't understand the whole violence aspect behind it to fight. Go join a UFC gym if you've got testosterone to, to, to let out. But again, it's, yeah. it's, it's not nice. Sorry, Ian. There's, there's, no, no, you're fine. It's well said. And I think there's a reason why you could see these fans all turning up in all black with faces covered, yeah. not representing a club. There was no scarves or badges or any colors of clubs there. It was all black gear they were wearing because they didn't want to represent their clubs. They were representing themselves as individuals. And now they know we don't know who they were. They could be yeah. your local businessman. They could be your local banker um, or female for that matter. Um, it could yeah. be anyone. And, and it's just unfortunate. It's not what we want to see. I'm glad that nothing happened inside the stadium because obviously the fan situation was taken care of there. Um, but I want fans in the stadium. And like Nigel, you pointed out great there. Why can it not be that when fans touch down in Naples that they are escorted everywhere they go? Yeah. You are escorted to the stadium. You're escorted back to your plane and get out of here. That can happen if we it do can. it right. And it's unfortunate mm -hmm. because now you make the fans angry by saying you can't buy a ticket. Now they want to come just to piss you off. Now yes, they want to exactly. be there just to mm -hmm. annoy you and smash things and make things even worse. And it was very unfortunate to see. Listen, we're going to go through our Champions League power rankings when we return. We're going to have another quick break, but stick mm -hmm. around more from the Champions League. House of Champions, boys, when we return. The chilling new original docu-series on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean in a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, welcome back in. How's the champions? It's Ian Joy, Michael Hood, and Nigel Rio Coker. I just want to mention real quickly before we do get into it, we do have a promo going on. So don't miss a second of the action from the greatest club competition in the world. That is, of course, the Champions League. Follow the biggest stars from the game. Uh, like Sadio Mane, Karim Benzema, Victor Osman, and Erling Haaland as they try to clinch the most prestigious pies in the game stream every single match from the Champions League and Europa League live only on Paramount+. Plus. And if you want that one month for free, use the promo code ADVANCE. Let's get into it. Our power rankings here now with the Champions League boys um i guess this one's a difficult one to predict for me personally because i'm mm. you know i still think there's something not quite right at bayern i don't know why <laughs> but um mike i'll let you go first on this one where do you see the ranking set especially if one two and three yeah i put bayern munich at number one uh, the fact that they one. yeah the fact the way they dismantled the psg team um they didn't have neymar and probably to their benefit but they dismantled psg highest profile tie in this round 
I would say Napoli at number two. Uh, their consistency throughout the season, one of the most feared teams in Europe. City at number three, Madrid at number four. Uh, actually, you know what? I'll split that. Madrid at number three, City at number four. Um, say Benfica, Milan, Inter, then Chelsea. Nigel. <sighs> I want Napoli to win the Champions League, or I want Benfica. But from the team dynamic, just being honest in what I've seen display-wise, I would have to agree with Michael. I would say, for me, I would have to go Bayern Munich, Real Madrid. Then I would have to go Napoli. Then Benfica. But Benfica's just slightly underneath that, in my opinion. Benfica just slightly underneath Napoli. I mean, after watching these two games against Liverpool, I find it hard to take Real Madrid away from top spot. I'd like to see Manchester mm. City being there, but I think I've got to leave Real Madrid where they're at right yeah. now, especially when it comes to their competition. It's hard to bet against them. That's um, a good point. I'd probably put That's in it. Bayern and Manchester City in that second point, certainly close behind, would be, in my opinion, Napoli, because I think Napoli have every chance of winning it. And then I'm looking at Benfica, because Benfica, for me, are a team that nobody wants to meet nope. in this tie here. I mean, if we're looking at a dream tie, Mike, which would be the best ties for you? I mean, pretty much every game is going to be a dream tie, but if you're looking for one tie, obviously we want Napoli to go far. So I would be happy for Napoli to play against Chelsea, for example. Yeah, I, I think that's a good yeah. tie for them. I think it's a great tie. And just because of Vic's comment, I want Victor Osiman going to Stamford Bridge to shut you up, Vic, because do not say that about Victor Osiman. We're hyping him up too much. I know that you're scared of some other team coming in because you need a striker. Now, Vic, all is fair That's in this game. But I, I think that would be a good one. I would love to see Benfica versus Inter Milan. I want revenge. I want a rematch of a Portuguese team playing against Inter because I think Inter got away with one. But I think having a favorable, favorable tie for Napoli or Benfica to hopefully progress to go further in this competition would be good for the Champions League as a whole. Mate, I want to see Benfica-Chelsea because <laughs> there's, a, there's a lesson behind that game. That would be great. And I want to see... <laughs> Bayern Munich, Man City. Ooh. Bayern yeah, that Munich, would be Man great. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine Benfica up against Chelsea? I mean, the storylines behind there, obviously you have the recent Enzo oh, wow. one. You could go to Joao Felix. I mean, there's a lot going on there, right, between those two clubs. So it could be pretty crazy. Uh, real quickly, though, of the team I've been criticizing the most would be Bayern Munich. Hmm. Where do you see being the most difficult tie for them? Would they want to avoid a Benfica? Would they want to avoid a Manchester City? Like, what is the tie for them that you probably... They probably want to avoid Napoli as well. I would say that Bayern Munich will probably want to avoid more so a Real Madrid and Man City than any other yeah. team. I think they're the only two yeah. teams that they would want to avoid. Yeah, I think a Bayern would actually be okay against a Man City. I know they'll have their work cut out with them against Erlen Holland, given what he just did. And Kevin De Bruyne loves to play against Bayern Munich. He did have a successful spell in the Bundesliga of Wolfsburg. I know it was long ago, but Kevin De Bruyne and German teams do spell success for Manchester City. I do agree with you, Nigel. I would say Napoli and Real Madrid are the two teams that match up best against a Bayern. Uh, Amy jumping in and saying Napoli, Manchester City, Benfica, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, AC Milan, Bayern Munich, and Chelsea. Mm. RM Zidane saying it's City, Madrid, Bayern, Napoli, Benfica, Chelsea, Milan, and then Inter. So the two Milan clubs wrapping things up at the end of the day. Real quickly before we do move on, though, 
What's the tie that Chelsea want? Just for Vic, we'll have a discussion about Chelsea real quickly because where do you see Chelsea going through here? Is there a team? Maybe Milan? Uh, I I don't see Chelsea going through. I think a very ordinary and, and basic Milan could probably still beat Chelsea as well as Roman's wow. banging on the door. But I, I, he, I, I, I really he agrees with you. <laughs> but, 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 yeah, just quick one. Imagine yeah. if I um, get um, Man City and Concello scores a goal, <laughs> the winner. Oh, oh that, yeah, most likely. Jeez, I, I would, I would say a Chelsea team would love to see Inter Milan at the draw. I think, given how Inter play, Chelsea match up physically. They match up tactically best against this Inter side because Inter have not been convincing, especially away from home. That's the tie for them. All right, let's turn our attention away from the power rankings and the Champions League, and we focus on what's happening on Thursday. There is Europa League and Europa Conference League. We're going to focus on the Europa League right now. Um, just a, a quick reminder of some of the results and fixtures to look forward to. Um, obviously, Fenerbahce Sevilla should be one that will be exciting with Fenerbahce still in that tie, even though they're a couple of goals behind Arsenal. We've got our attention against Sporting 2-2. Uh, Ferenc Varos against Leverkusen, 2-0 for Leverkusen right now in the advantage. A great game in Freiburg. They go up against Juventus. Only a one goal to catch up in that tie, and I did Notice that Freiburg has just re-extended their contracts for the head coach Christian Streich and his coaching team. So they're enjoying what's going on there. Real Betis won, Manchester United 4, Feyenoord 1-1 against Shakhtar, Unions against Unions, Union St. Galois, and then Union Berlin 3-3. That'll be a crack in second like that one. And Real Sociedad and Roma, Roma with a 2-0 advantage there. Uh, Mike, let's get into the Arsenal game against Sporting Lisbon. Obviously, we're trying to see who's going to play in this game for Arsenal. We wonder if we'll see Gabriel Jesus in this game, but I'm actually more focused on the performance and the result from Arsenal because everything seems to be working out in their favour when it comes to the Premier League right now, last-minute goals. Um, certainly, luck is playing maybe a big part in this run right now for Arsenal, but could this potentially be one that they slip up on? Because this is a massive opportunity yeah. for Arsenal to not only lift the trophy, but also you know create a bit of history here. Well, it's going to be a tricky tie because they, they kind of got away with one in the first leg in Lisbon. I thought Arsenal, they started well with the Saliba goal, but Paulinha, he was the one who impressed me most for Sporting Lisbon. That front three, Marcus Edwards, we've seen what he can do in the Champions League for this Lisbon side when he's on it. But when you come to the Emirates, what Arsenal have done this season versus previous season, they've made the Emirates a freaking fortress. Depth has been a question for them. I think given the fact that they're getting just about all their players healthy at the right time for the final run-in of the season, you could potentially see Gabriel Jesus starting this game or getting significant minutes. He or Trussard up top, they could be the difference for the Gunners. Nigel? I just think it's going to be a great um, tie, if I'm honest. Yeah. I, I really feel that with Arsenal, though, Mike, they've got one eye on the Premier League title. Arsenal mm -hmm. fans want the Premier League title over this UEFA Cup. I really do see that. And they've got big games coming up against Manchester City and I think against Liverpool as well. So it's going to be a real tough one. And it's, again, like you said, everything's happened perfectly well for them in last-minute winners and stuff like that. But that luck eventually runs out. You can't keep going behind in goals, in games, can't con keep conceding like you have been conceding and thinking you always continue to come back and win games. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. I'm really excited to watch that game, especially to see how they perform in that one, Arsenal. And hopefully they do go through, although I'd like to see the Portuguese club just continue to put a bit of pressure on them to see how good Arsenal mm-hmm. really are. Um, Michael, Manchester United, they make that trip back to Spain. Casemiro will be able to play in this one. Um, looking forward to seeing uh, how Manchester United handle the situation because an early goal from Betis could make this interesting. But you, how do you expect United to approach this one? I expect them to continue to try and get a reaction. Another disappointing outing at the weekend against Southampton. A United response and United goal, an early goal for United, puts this tie to bed. I want to see ruthlessness from Manchester United. This is a cup competition that I said that, you know what, maybe the League's Cup, hopefully they prove me wrong that the League's Cup is not their only ambition (laughs) this season (laughs) because I was playing as a very conservative Manchester United fan, but I think this tie is all but finished. The thing for Real Betis, though, they didn't play their full-strength starting 11 in that first leg. A A bit more conservative. They will go for it all for it, be very aggressive, have all their key starters in. Nabil Fakir, hopefully, will be a non-factor because he could be their danger man. Uh, Nigel, do you have anything to add on this game or can we move on? We can move on. All right, Juve. <laughs> Juventus against Freiburg. I'm going to put it out there right Oof. now. This is a tough game for Juve. And um oh, Zedez has put in a note here that no Chiesa, no Di Maria in this game. They will not start. Um, so I'm intrigued to see what wow. game Juve are playing here because Freiburg ain't messing around, man. I know there's a class above here mm. with Juve and the squad of players and the world-class players that they do have. But Freiburg's team spirit, especially at home in front of their supporters in this fabulous new stadium they've got. Is it possible, Nigel, we could see Freiburg knock Juve out here? Anything's possible, Yeah. Like you said, sure. you probably know more than me with, with the team spirit and the togetherness. Like this Juventus side is still finding itself. Um, I'm sure Pogba's suspended again for discipline reasons, I think, or is he injured again? Um, so he hasn't really been a factor. The, the guy that they brought in to be the big difference maker hasn't really been there to play and make a difference. Mm. But I think that that's a very interesting tie and I wouldn't be surprised if Freiburg do uh, turn this tie on its head. Yeah, I, I, I want to jump in on this. This is a Freiburg team that I've watched since last season. Almost made the Champions League the very last day of the German Bundesliga season. Just out of their grips. I like this Freiburg team because, <clears throat> excuse me, drum roll please, they are a team. The scrappier this game goes, look for set pieces. Vincenzo yep. Grifo, this guy, he's your leading goal scorer. I love this player. Look for him to be a potential candidate for the Italian national team moving forward. When you think about qualifiers, when you think about the international date coming up, this is a guy that could be the difference maker. Offset he's like, pieces. He's like 45 years old, though, Mike. He's in <laughs> he's his 30s 20, 29, uh, 29, isn't he? Is he 20? No, I thought he was in his yeah. 30s already. Grifo. Ah, he's been he's around 20, for a minute. He's, ah, he's 29. I, that that's the guy that I, I think in a scrappy, scrappy sort of game. If it's a scrappy game, that favors a Freiburg team who's very good at home, as our producer Des Norris put up. So this is a dangerous tie for Juventus if they want to qualify for the next round. Yeah, but you can't say that the producer Des just put it up and actually didn't say what he put up there. You've got to actually say the words here. Freiburg have not lost any of their last yeah. eight European fixtures at home from producer Des. That is incredible. Oh, I will say off late, though, Freiburg have concerned me. They haven't been great. They haven't been great. They really yeah. haven't. But Ian, no one's bloody great to you. Everyone's no, always bad to you. No. no one's ever great to bloody Ian. Well, Just like Bayern Munich, well, not great, but the undefeated well, European you, champions. You're on to something, though, Ian. You're on to something. Because, you know, they I mean, they started really well. They were in that yeah. one, two, three punch in the Bundesliga. And there's talks the about, hey, 
Could they could the this be while, the year right? that them yeah, them or Union Berlin? Is this oh, the wow. end yeah, of the Bayern Dortmund like Bayern? Man United in the Premier League, they started really well too, right? <laughs> I and think they... I think the reason for I I I, I keep hearing <laughs> someone talking. I, I keep drowning it out though in my ear. I think the reason for that is the lack of depth for this Freiburg team. You've seen it yeah. with Union Berlin, the fall off. The further you go in European competition, the more it affects your domestic sort of yeah. run. All right, uh, let's turn attention to Real Sociedad and Roma here. Uh, Roma have this 2-0 mm. advantage. And Mourinho making some comments here. Of course the atmosphere helps the home team, but you still have to play. I haven't seen fans score a goal except that one time in 2005, Liverpool-Chelsea semi-final. The fans made so much noise and it counted as a goal against us when the ball wasn't even in right there. Mourinho bringing back a little bit of uh, sour grapes maybe on that one right there. What are we expecting here from Roma, Mike? I think job just about done. This is a Real Sociedad side that's really fallen off as of late. They have the players, David Silva getting an assist at the weekend against Mallorca. But I think when you, if, if Sociedad would have had Isak still in the team, then I, I would think that there's still a lifeline. Roma, they are the defensive specialists when it comes to Europe. Last season in the Conference League, they scrapped and clawed their way. The likes of a Tammy Abraham, the likes of a Paulo Dybala, Pellegrini, those front three, you give them half a chance, they'll punish you on the road. Nigel, you got anything to add here about Mourinho's comments here and Roma? Do you think they go through? I think Roma go through. Mike's right, but for me, Roma a reflection and they epitomized Jose Mourinho. That's his managerial style. It's always been his style from when I first saw him at Porto. And then when he came to the Premier League with Chelsea, that's his style. Hard to beat yeah. and they'll be able to get the job done. Well, particularly, I'm looking forward to watching the two Unions going head-to-head against each other. And uh, so say Amy as well. She's uh, looking forward mm. to watching Union against Union. I hope Berlin win this game, but it's a fa- fascinating second leg to look forward to. 3-3 it was from the first leg. So let's hope we do get um, some goals in that game. All right. We want to finish off here with um, a, a very interesting statement from Pep Guardiola. <laughs> this one is coming in from our producer, Des, who was very excited about this one. Pep Guardiola revealing his primary motivator and it's not who you would have expected it to be. It was, in fact, Julia Roberts. So, um, take a look, take a listen. Winning. Let me know. Uh, even if I win this Champions League, we win this Champions League, we win this Champions League. In three Champions League in a row, I will be a failure. I'm going to tell you something. I have three idols in my life. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, and Julia Roberts. Okay? This is my three idols. So for obvious reasons, Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods is not it, and Julia Roberts as well. So Julia Roberts years ago came to Manchester, not in 1890 with Alex Ferguson win the titles, titles and titles and titles. Came in the period like we were better than United these four or five years, huh? And he went to visit Man United. He, she didn't come to see us. So that's why this is, even if even I win the Champions League, will not be compared for the fact that Julia always come to Manchester, they don't come to see us. Well, clearly <laughs> she's never been to that side of Manchester. Uh, Nigel Rio Coker. Uh, Mike, I'm leaving you for a minute here because she went to the right side of Manchester. But for you, Nigel, uh, interesting comment there from Pep Guardiola. I, I don't get it, Ian. I, I honestly just don't get it. it is the, it's the most craziest thing I've heard from Pep Guardiola's oh, mouth. It, it's man. just ludicrous. Like, what does he expect? There's bigger history in winning and titles in Manchester United. There is a Manchester City. Manchester City 
as old as the club is, and it's more of obviously the real club of Manchester itself, Manchester City's new money. They don't have no class yet. They haven't built that class and reputation. That's a new success. New money. Mm. They haven't built it through success, hard work, and, and everything that comes with it and structure. So how was he mad that she still went to Manchester United because that's the club that everyone knows? I remember when I first used to come to America, Ian, and talk football or soccer. The only club all these Americans knew was Manchester United. That was the only club that everyone in America knew, Manchester United. So how is Pep upset? <laughs> Maybe it's because Tiger Woods is his other idol and then Julia Roberts <laughs> might play a part in his little thinking that he has for his Tiger Woods moment back when Tiger used to go to Vegas a lot. So I don't know, maybe <laughs> maybe it might be Julia Roberts in Pepsi. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, what? I have two theories on this. One, you just went into the after hours, Mike. Go ahead. Yeah, either, Pep's, either Pep is still on the sauce from all the champagne after that 7-0 win, hitting his brain, doing that press conference. Or two, it's his Hollywood crush. He sounds like someone who's got a Hollywood crush on Julia Roberts, who's devastated that went to United too game. Old to have a Hollywood crush, Mike. Hey, you never know. But I, I, hey, was mo- one of the more, but one of the more bizarre things I've heard from Pep Guardiola's mouth, Guardiola's mouth. But hey, it's Pep. You never know when you're going to hear things like that. It is insane, really, when you hear him talk like that. And and I said, I think like th- there was a good comment that just came in right there where <laughs> someone said that you think Pep's actually joking here, but deep down, I he's think not, he's like, realizing. That Manchester United is a fortress, regardless of the fact that that City have been more successful lifting trophies yeah. of late. Manchester United, for what they've done through the last, I would say, probably 35, 40 years, especially the yeah. Premier League era, has been at the right time for United to create this animal, this noise. Yeah. And even if we go further back into generations, lifting European Cups, George Best, Dennis Law, Bobby Charlton, we can go all the way through the generations. United was always... It was always the club. And and trust me, Nigel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Before Manchester City had this wonderful stadium, safe place environment for people to go to. Their other stadium used to be in Mossside, Manchester. Nobody yeah. went to Mossside, Manchester. To Mossside. <laughs> Even if you played there. If you played there, that had a weird smell to it, Nigel, when you played at Main Road. What a strange smell that place had, man. Did you play at Main Road, Nigel? No, I never played at Main Road. Never played oh, at Main younger Road, than me. Then you won, but I never got to play at Main Road because they, they weren't even in the Premier League back then. That's what people don't realize. Oh, That's what yeah. Pep needs to realize that yeah. Man City wow. haven't been consistently in the Premier League. They've gone all the way down to the league. They nearly even actually had to fold as a football club, and then they still yeah. managed to survive. And then they came back. I guarantee, if someone said to, to, to Pep Guardiola, Sean Gota, Pep would be like, "Who? You wouldn't even know about Sean Gota." <laughs> That's my point. Anyone who's a real Sean man sees that knows about Sean the Goat. Feed the Goat and he will score. <laughs> yeah. Mike, Michael's Googling right now real quickly. So he yeah. can answer you. you know that, right? <laughs> I'm, actually, I'm actually Googling Julia Roberts. I don't know who she is. <laughs> Amy, I would have to say that Manchester United still are probably the number one team in America. Generally, I would say that. Yeah. Um, after the Yankees. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't forget that other team in Texas. The Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up uh, real quickly before Let's we do get out of here. Uh, memorable moment of the week. Anything from you, Nigel? Memorable moment from you? Pep's interview. Pep, Pep's love for, <laughs> for, for Julia Roberts. I think that's, that's the most I've seen Pep's human side. But I want to know still about this Tiger Woods and Julia Roberts thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, I, listen, oh, I just want to know, because Tiger Woods is a legend, oh, but man. Tiger's personal life is a bit cray-cray, so I just want to know how that works. 
Mike? Yeah, I'll keep it to footballing terms and leave the Tiger Woods stuff, Vegas tonight. You know, not going to go in the in the weeds with that one. It's got to be twofold. It's Erlen Holland, five goals in the Champions League. That's ridiculous in one single match. His his just mystique and grandeur continues. And the masterclass that is Real Madrid, what they did today, what they did across these two ties. I mean, just these guys and Champions League football are synonymous. So those two. Yeah, standing on, I mean, ovation from all of us for what Erling Haaland did as well. I mean, the goals that he's scoring, five hat tricks he's got now for Manchester City since he's been at the club. Outstanding to yeah. see. Uh, moment for me was the final five minutes of that uh, Porto, Porto game Ooh. against it. So that, that to me, there was no goals in that game, but that was probably the most excited I've been watching a game in a long time. That to me is why I live for this game because you're you're hoping the ball will go in, then you're crying with the players and you're celebrating <laughs> when it hits the post. You're like, what? what's that? That would to me that feeling that buzz of watching a game even though there's no goals was pretty spectacular so I'll never forget that and I had the same feeling when I walked, uh, watched Osman score his header today because mm -hmm. I, I saw the angle he was at that was unique and special and that's why we love the Champions League thanks to everybody out there we appreciate you for watching along everybody we appreciate all the comments as well you've been dropping in so much conversation this week we can't thank you enough we're continuing to get bigger and better and stronger and the boys will always be here but you're the ones that uh, we create this content for and we want you to have a big part and a big say as to how this uh, show goes along as well so continue to like subscribe and share this content as much as you possibly can leave us five star ratings if you're on the podcast format as well don't forget to leave a rating and a review as well it helps us so much um, advance as we try to go forward with our podcast, with our show and on YouTube as well. Like, subscribe, comment, share it with your friends. Let your granny know that she can watch it as well. My mom does as well. So mom, love you. Um, okay, we're going to take um, uh, a little bit of a day off tomorrow. <laughs> we, I think we deserve it before we come back very early on Friday morning for a really extended show for everybody out there. We're going to cover the draw extensively across UEFA and not only the Champions League, but also Europa League. So please, everybody, mm -hmm. join along. It will be very early in the morning if you're in the United States of America. But if you're waking up, going to work, if you're at your office early, or if you're getting up and going to the gym, switch us on, listen to us um, as much as you possibly can because we appreciate you. To everybody out there, who is listening to House of Champions, take a minute, as I mentioned before, to leave us that rating and a review. Also available on not just Apple Podcasts, we're available on Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else that you would listen to your podcast. And as I've mentioned before, we're available on the video format on YouTube. So thanks, everybody. We appreciate you. It's been a great Champions League week. Let's hope it ends up a great UEFA week and we can't wait to meet everybody once again on Friday for the draw. Boys, I appreciate you. See you then.